Good morning. Thank you to the Pickers for leading us in praise and worship this morning. Thank you for being with us. If you would, go ahead and turn your Bibles to Jeremiah chapter 17. Jeremiah chapter 17. You know, the ancient philosopher Socrates once said that mankind is made up of two kinds of people. Wise people who know that they are fools and fools who think they are wise. You know, Socrates was known for his wise observations and his wise conclusions, but 300 years before Socrates, uh, God declared a very similar truth through the prophet Jeremiah. In Jeremiah chapter 17, we see that there are indeed two types of people. There are the people who trust in God. These are the ones that Socrates, uh, I think, uh, was referring to when he said that there's one type of people who know that they are fools. The people that trust in God understand that they cannot do it themselves. They understand that there are things in life that are just beyond them. They admit their foolishness. They admit their need. And instead of trusting in themselves or, or trusting in something else, they choose to trust in God. So there are those who trust in God, but then Jeremiah also talks about another type of person, and these are the people that trust in really anything else other than God. Uh, often, uh, often these people don't think that, that they need God. They're the ones that think that they're good enough, and they're smart enough, and wise enough to do life on their own. They are the fools who think they are wise. And as Jeremiah describes these two types of people, the people who trust God and the people who do not, he is warning believers and instructing believers to be people who trust in God. So let's take a look here in Jeremiah chapter 17. We're going to start in verse 5 and then we are going to read down to verse 8. This is what the Lord says. The man who trusts in mankind, who makes human flesh his strength, and turns his heart from the Lord is cursed. He will be like a juniper in Arabah. He cannot see even when the good comes, but dwells in the parched places, in the wilderness, in a salt land where no one lives. The man who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence indeed is the Lord, is blessed. He will be like a tree planted by water. It sends its roots out toward a stream. It doesn't fear when the heat comes. Its foliage remains green and it will not worry in a year of drought or cease producing fruit. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. And God, I thank you for the words of the prophet Jeremiah. But Father, even more so, I thank you that these are words that's, that, that are very clear because this is thus saith the Lord. These are your words to us. And so, Father, may we take this in. Father, may we consider which type of person we are, whether we are a person who trusts in God or we are a person who trusts in something else, may we be men and women who trust in God in all that we do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So we see here in Jeremiah these two types of people. You know, God sends this message 
through the prophet Jeremiah to the people of Judah as part of a warning to the people of Judah. Uh, this is a, this is a time in uh, in the in the journey of God's people when uh, God has proclaimed to them that because of their sin and because they have abandoned God and abandoned His law, because of these things, certain things have been set in motion that would one day lead to Judah being exiled from the promised land that God had given them. God had graciously blessed them with this land over a period of time. If you know the history of Israel, you know that there was a time when they were in bondage, they were slaves in Egypt, and God liberated them from that, brought them out of that, and over a period of time, they began to worship other gods, and they began to disobey the Lord. They began to break the covenant that they made with God during that time. And because of that, and in spite of warning after warning after warning from God, He has now told them, both in the previous chapter here of Jeremiah and even in the first four verses of Jeremiah 17, He has declared to them that there is a day coming when they will live in exile. And so, uh, and so we see that, uh, th- that as they approach that, the people of Judah are, are, being, uh, are being presented with a choice. Being presented with, with a choice of who they want to be in the days ahead. Who they were in the past is one thing, but who do they want to be from this point forward? Do they want to be people who trust in God and God alone? Or do they want to be people who rely upon the strength of God? Or do they want to be people who trust in other people? And people who trust in the things of this world? They want to be people who rely on worldly and human strength, which, by the way, is pretty much how they had got themselves into the situation they were in in the first place. Now listen, I, I don't know what, what lies ahead for you. I don't know what's, what, what's coming in the days ahead. Maybe you are on the edge of a season of prosperity and blessing. Maybe you are on the precipice of a season ahead that will bring very dark days, but no matter what lies ahead for you and I, uh, we both face the same choice that the the believers in Judah faced in those days some 2,600 years ago. And, And the choice is this, will I, will you be a person who trusts in God? Or am I going to be a person who trusts in something else? I love here in verse 5, in, Judas, uh, in, in Jeremiah 17, right here in verse 5, when the prophet says, Now this is what the Lord says. The King James uh, translated as, Thus saith the Lord. This is, this is emphasizing that these words come straight from the throne of God. Now everything in the Bible is, Thus saith the Lord, really. But then when the Bible says, Thus saith the Lord, this emphasizes the importance that we need to understand that, that what is about to come next is not opinion, it is not conjecture, it is reality, it is truth. And he says there are two kinds of people. Number one, first kind of people that's described here is those who substitute God. 
Those who substitute God. Look at verses 5 and 6. He, he talks about the man who trusts in mankind, who makes human flesh his strength and turns his heart from God. He, he, he talks about, uh, about these people whose, whose worldview is shaped by humanity instead of God. Uh, a people that are more concerned about pleasing people than they are about pleasing the maker of people. These are the people who pursue earthly success at the expense of their spiritual walk. These are the people who, for whatever the reason, uh, they turn their heart from the counsel and the wisdom of God. And instead of God being in the driver's seat of their life, something else is in the driver's seat of their life. It may even be themselves. It may, it may be a, a goal they have. It may be a fear that they have. It may be a desire to receive acclaim and, and, uh, and praise from others to be recognized by this world in some way, shape, or form. Listen, I want to ask you this morning, who or what is in the driver's seat of your life? If it's not God, if God is, is not in complete control, if you're not submitted to Him, then you are headed for a disaster. It would be like driving the wrong way down a one-way street. And there might be a time when you find earthly success. You might receive accolades from humanity through that process. But, but listen, if you're driving the wrong way down a one-way street, driving faster is not going to help. It, it, it's only a matter of time till you have a head-on collision and, and, and you do damage to yourself or to someone else along the way. Listen, friends, we have to understand that we can't have it both ways. It always amazes me that so many people say they trust in Christ for eternal life, but then they refuse to trust Him to put food on the table tomorrow. That many say that, that they trust Him, uh, you know, for eternal life. I, I'm trusting in God because I've got a mansion over the hilltop. But then they don't trust in God to provide them shelter for today. They say they trust Him to, to, to pay for their sins, but they don't trust Him enough to provide the resources to pay for their bills. You know, in Psalm 20 it says, Some take pride in chariots and others in horses, but we take pride in the name of the Lord our God. Listen, we have to understand that, that there are things in this world that we need to pay attention to. There's, there's no doubt about that. I, I get it. The stock market is important, but that cannot be the number one thing in your life. The economy is important, but it cannot be in the driver's seat of your life. The media that we are bombarded with can play an important role in our lives, but it cannot be our number one resource of counsel and wisdom and truth. Listen. We need to make sure that God is in the driver's seat. That He's always in the driver's seat. That nothing else is driving the car for us. Somebody said, well, 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 Pastor, are you saying that it's wrong to make a bad business decision? Is, is, it, is it wrong to get information from somewhere other than the Bible? No, that's not wrong. You know, well, notice what Jeremiah tells us here in, in these first couple verses. The man who trusts in mankind, who makes human flesh his strength, 
and turns his heart from the Lord, that man is cursed. Now, God may lead you some time to make a wise business decision, okay? Uh, God may choose to connect you with information through various resources in this world. I'm not saying you shouldn't be sensitive to that, but you cannot let the things of this world be your hope. Those things are not where, where you are to draw your strength. They cannot be your number one counsel and number one authority of wisdom. It's God that has to be our strength. It's God that, that gives us direction. It's God that, that, that we should be going to for wisdom. He is the source of all of those things. The great pastor D.L. Moody once said, he said, trust in yourself and you are doomed to disappointment. Trust in your friends and they will die and leave you. Trust in money and you will have it taken from you. Trust in reputation and some slanderous tongue may blast it. But trust in God and you are never to be confounded in time or eternity. Listen folks, you cannot put your trust in the things of this world, but you can. You can put your trust in the creator of this world. Are you the person that tries to substitute something for God? You know, that's an important question because Jeremiah tells us that that person that trusts in man, gets his strength from the things of this world, turns from God, that that person is cursed. So what does that mean? Well, that, that means that by making those choices, you are afflicting yourself because you're isolating yourself from, from the source of strength. God, our Heavenly Father, a relationship with Christ, the Holy Spirit, we will isolate ourselves from, from, from God's source of direction, His source of wisdom, and from the worldview of God. Jeremiah paints us a picture of, of these two types of people. He uses imagery that, that people in those days would have been familiar with. He says that the person who doesn't trust in God is like the, uh, the juniper in Arabah. Now, in other translations, it says that it's like a bush or a shrub in the desert. Okay, uh, Here's the picture that, that, that they're showing you. This little bitty, very short plant in the desert. One of those evergreen plants like a juniper uh, bush. It, it doesn't require very much water in order to stay alive. And, and the roots typically do not dig down very deep. If you know anything about, about a, a small little, little shrub like that in the desert, you understand they're not very tall. Okay? And, and if, if, you, if you think about their point of view, uh, they don't see very far. If you were to climb up into the top of a, of a juniper bush or, or a similar type of shrub and, and look off into the distance, you wouldn't see very far. In fact, um, from, for the average person, you probably would have to even squat down in order to, to be at the view of the top of that shrub or bush. And, and I'm telling you that, that, that you just you can't see very far. It's short-sighted. And so, so it really narrows the view of the world and it narrows the view of the dangers that lie ahead. 
See, if your trust and strength is in God, then, then, then you are going to see certain things that others are not going to be able to see. You're going to be looking at a little bit higher plane as we're going to see here in just a little bit. You're going to see things. And, and, and you're going to feel led to do things that other people are just not going to get. You're going to see hope in things that people are, are going to feel like are hopeless. I think about, about David, little shepherd boy David. This is before he became the mighty king. He's just a humble shepherd boy going out to face the giant Goliath in the Israelites thought he was insane. They thought he was crazy. He was, he was willing to face a battle that the strongest and most skilled, most trained and experienced warriors of Israel were not willing to face. If you read that account in 1 Samuel 17, King Saul tries to talk David out of facing the giant Goliath. It says, but Saul replied, you can't fight this Philistine. You're just a youth. And he's been a warrior since he was, he was young. And in verse 37, David said, The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. You see, David wasn't trusting in his own ability. He didn't, he didn't strut out there saying, I am the baddest man alive, bring it on. That was not his attitude. He wasn't trusting in human strength. He was trusting in God. Because of what God had done in his past, he knew what God could do in his future. He understood that whatever successes that he had had in the past, that that, that came from God. And he was trusting in the strength and wisdom of God to accomplish, uh, to equip him to accomplish that which God had called him to do. You see, when you substitute things for God in your life, you substitute things for the authority of God in your life, then, then you're going to find that, uh, that things, are, uh, things are, uh, are not going to work out quite the way that you thought that they would. Maybe, uh, maybe you've, you've had some experience. I know many of you have had some experience ordering uh, groceries online and you know, sometimes you go and you pick up the groceries that you've ordered online and, and you get home and, and you have things there that, uh, that, that you didn't order. Or maybe you ordered something that doesn't show up. And then every once in a while, you'll go and you'll pick up your grocery order that you've ordered online, or uh, maybe even directly through a store or through a third party. And you get the groceries and they have substituted something for whatever you ordered. Now, the idea behind the substitute system when you order your groceries is that if you order a particular item, you're, order, you're going to order that uh, a certain brand. And so if they're out of that brand, they'll substitute, it, substitute a different brand, but it's usually the same item. Now, all that happens because of how all these things are categorized and programmed into the computer, but, uh, but, but sometimes the things that you get substituted 
are things that you were not expecting. Not, it was not even close to what you had ordered. I heard about a situation where one customer that had ordered baby wipes got home to find out and they looked at their receipt just to make sure that the store had been out of baby wipes but because either the baby wipes or the other item, one of the two was miscategorized in the computer so instead of uh, sending home baby wipes, the, sub the computer substituted the bottle of, uh, or the, the baby wipes for a bottle of whiskey. Now listen, you have to be careful how you allow yourself to be influenced and what you allow to have authority in your life. I think about the warning that Paul gives believers in Colossians 2 when he says, be careful that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deceit based on human tradition, based on the elemental forces of this world and not based on Christ. It's not that philosophy and human tradition in and of themselves are bad. It's not that the elemental forces of this world or what we would call scientific principle or, or scientific things today uh, are bad in and of themselves. But we have to remember that we cannot miscategorize those things as being on the same level as the teachings of Christ as recorded in the Word of God. That bottle of whiskey that the grocery store sent home was nowhere close to being what the, the people needed who ordered baby wives. I, I mean, just think, what if mom and dad would have said, oh, well, it's all the same. All drains lead to the same ocean. Let's clean Junior's diaper rash with uh, paper towels soaked in whiskey. <laughs> now the bottom line is that, that, that it's not the same thing and that what you're going to have, because it's nowhere even close to being in the same category, you're going to have a very unhappy baby before it's all over. Listen, the Word of God is the ultimate authority in the life of a believer and nothing in this world could ever be a substitute for that. Not our feelings, Listen, the, the, the world says, listen to your heart. But God says, listen to me. Right here in Jeremiah 5, we are encouraged to be people who depend upon the Lord, who trust in the Lord. And if you were to read on to verse 9, we stopped at verse 8, but verse 9 tells us that the heart, the heart of man is more deceitful than anything else. It's incurable. And who can understand it. Listen, your emotions will deceive you. You need to let the Word of God be the ultimate authority. Nothing can substitute for it. Not our feelings, not our culture, not our universities, not even our seminaries. Nothing can substitute for the authority of God. Jeremiah says it's like being a shrub in the, in the desert. When you substitute Anything in the place of the Word of God, you're cutting yourself off. Like a shrub that doesn't get very much water, you're, you're cutting yourself off from the sustenance and the direction and the wisdom and the strength of God. And so you know what that means? That means that your attitudes are going to change with the environment around you. 
Your joy is going to come and go with the seasons around you. When, when there's a little bit, of, little bit of, of, of rain and a little bit of water and, and a little bit of good going on and everything is, is amazing and all is right with the world. But then during the, the, the drought and the, the other seasons, it, everything is it, it's terrible. Listen, I, I, this, 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 this shrub in the desert is something that that, 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 that sees dramatic shifts in the weather. And eventually, eventually, that shrub will fade away. You know, there's, there's no substitute for God. There's no substitute for His wisdom, His counsel, His plan, His strength. There's no substitute for God's definition of love. And there's no substitute for His expression of love, which is in the person of Jesus Christ, because there are two kinds of people in this world. Those who substitute God, and number two, those who submit to God. Because in the first couple of verses, we see, we see about the, the person who relies on all these other things in the world, and they rely on mankind, and they turn away from God. But starting in verse 7, we see the man who trusts in the Lord. This is the person who is fully submitted to God. These are those people who, who understand that, that, that it's God's wisdom and His counsel and, 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 uh, and His strength that all of those things are found in God. They find their confidence in God. They find their, uh, their authority for life in God. Their worldview is shaped by God. These are the people that say, you know, all these things in, in this world are not going to shape my view of God, but God will shape my view of the things in this world. These are people like young King David who slew the giant Goliath. These are people like Moses who went to Pharaoh and said, what you're doing is wrong. And God says, let my people go. These are people like, like Queen Esther who went before her husband, the king, for such a time as this in an attempt to expose the evil plot of the king's most trusted advisor. Jeremiah said, these people... These people who trust in God, they're like a tree. They're not like a little wimpy shrub, a little bitty shrub in the desert. They're like a tree that bears fruit. A, the, the image here is a, is a tall, vibrant tree. And you know, if you crawl into the top of a tree and, and, and you go to look in the distance, well, now your vision has increased. Has, hasn't decreased, it's increased. You're able to see more things that lie ahead. Much more than the person who's looking from the vantage point of a bush if you're up in, in the top of a, of a really tall tree. Jeremiah says these people have deep roots. They're fed by, by, by a stream. And that's not just any stream. This is an everlasting stream of water. It's what Jesus said in John 4. He says, I am the living water. If you drink from me, you never thirst again. These are the people whose, uh, wh whose attitude and life and their joy is not tied to what go what's going on in the world around them, but instead it's tied to their relationship with Christ. He says, these people, they don't fear when the heat comes. 
I want you to know something. He says, they don't fear when the heat comes. I want you to, to understand that it's not that they are immune from the difficulties of life. They're not immune from the heat. They're not immune from the drought. They're not immune from, from all the hard things. But Scripture tells us that God allows it to rain both on the just and unjust alike. The truth is, is that all of us will face bad news in life. All of us will have things that happen to us that are disappointing. We will all have setbacks. Some of them will be major setbacks. Some of us will face entire seasons of difficulty, seasons of illness, seasons of losing loved ones, seasons of being without a job, seasons of distress. But the person whose trust and hope is in the Lord understands that whatever you face, there's something beyond that problem. There is more to the story. God is on His throne and He is in control and we can trust Him. I want you to also understand another piece of this picture that we see here in verse 8. Because it talks about this tree with deep roots towards a stream that doesn't fear when the heat comes, but it says its foliage remains green and will not worry in a year of a drought or cease producing fruits. You see, the tree with the deep roots, the one that is trusting in God, is fed by this flowing stream of water. And those trees, amazingly situated even in, in seeming what seems to be very dry lands, if their roots are deep and they're tapped into the right source of water, then they will not cease to bear fruit. They're not going to dry out and fade away. Instead, they are going to flourish. There are two types of people. The, the ones who try to substitute God and those who submit to God. So which one are you? Which one of those most describes who you are? And here's the thing. This is the amazing thing about it. That if you're the one who's not trusting in God today, all of that can change right here and right now. Because there's two types of people. But praise God, you get to choose which one you want to be. Let's pray.